Hey y'all, this is the Luchador, always leaving you want and more, and we're taking it back to WrestleMania 24. We're going back to 2008, a WrestleMania I was fifth row at on this one. We got a Belfrest Brawl, Money in the Bank, Ladder Match, Edge vs. Taker, and the Farewell Tour of Ric Flair. Let's get this going. The hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Wrestling Mat Podcast. Bang, bang! I have denounced you that I will never retire. March is the place. It's WrestleMania. It's the Maddie Daddy. I am here today for our Monday drop. WrestleMania 24, ladies and gentlemen. We have a hot show tonight. As you heard, our own luchador that makes you want more was at this mania. We have a triple threat match. We have the Renegade. We have that luchador. And then we have another, my, my, my cousin, the Matador, trying to steal a little thunder. So uh, let's meet these guys for tonight. First, from River City. A bad man. He stole the show at our last mock draft. He was a cop and good at his job, but he committed the ultimate sin and testified against other cops gone bad. Cops that tried to kill him, but got the woman he loved instead. Framed for murder, now he prowls the Badlands, an outlaw hunting outlaws, a bounty hunter, a renegade. He is your renegade, Clayton. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on this evening? How are we doing out there? Maddie Daddy, how are you? Maddie Daddy's doing good. It's Friday as we are recording this. I am, uh, as Ricky Martin would say, living the Vita Loca. But uh, doing good. You ready for tonight? Oh, I'm, I'm more than ready. I'm ready to team up with your cousin. You know what I'm saying? We have a little game plan in mind, and we are going to take this luchador down until he can't take any lucha more. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, I'm a little worried about the luchador. You should I'm going to go ahead and get my cousin in here. We had the day. We went to Taco Bell. We slammed energy drinks after lunch. We are ready to go. He has been talking his ear off, or my ear off, about what he is about to do to this luchador. So let's get him in. The Matador. I saw you with Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle. Eddie got the win. Lie, cheat, and steal like the Matador's going to do tonight. All right, Matador. It's good to have you here, man. Uh, I know somebody else thinks a little different, though. Let's go to some people call it the Lucha live stream. I'm starting to really feel a lounge vibe from him. Let's go the Luchador. Kid Flash, CJ Krause, everybody's favorite triple A superstar. Oh, 
it feels so good to be back once again and of course the numbers are against me but with these two hanging out right now the numbers are always in my favor that's right luchador is one in a million he is one of the best baby faces in the biz and not only that he's going to help us bring this topic of wrestlemania 24 in today we're going to orlando florida we're going march 30th 2008 there's so much to cover tonight but we have the privilege to hanging out with somebody who actually went to this wrestlemania so CJ, we're gonna get a little backstory from you. Not as much about the WrestleMania, but your experience, because there's so many people out there that haven't been to WrestleMania. So let's lay out the groundwork, man. Tell us how you got to Mania and tell us what events you went to. Oh, no, totally. I'm super excited to talk about this. So taking it back then, I was uh, 16 when this WrestleMania went down. So I was a little Lucha at that time, so you'd say. It was announced when I was 15. So I started working the summer before to save money for these tickets. I actually lied about my age to start saving money. So I got a job as a banquet server um, saying I was older than I was, start making money for it. So the time comes up and back then I grew up in Florida about three hours away from Orlando. And back then you could have a pre-sale tickets. So I'm waiting in line at FYE back then. If you guys know what those are in the mall there. Oh, yeah. about a few months before. And again, I'm 16 at the time, so I'm there. We finally get to the front line. I have enough for mid-level tickets there. Now, my grandmother who raised me wouldn't let me go to Orlando by myself for a full weekend because, you know, she's the ultimate baby face as well and understands it's not a great idea to allow me to do that. But um, being the greatest grandmother, the best baby face in the biz going on there, she spots me a little bit extra because I could afford tickets mid-level behind the pillar where you couldn't get a great view to boost me up to a fifth row seat. Whoa. So, yeah. Dude. So I, all I had to do was do a few more times mowing the lawn after working a whole like summer, winter, same as much as I could. So she uh, definitely came in clutch there. And we uh, went we went together. She, uh, she took me there, sat next to my grandma, watching uh, WrestleMania 24. I think uh, grandmas are underrated in this business. They're one of those that they teach you things that you might not remember as a parent, but you will remember as a grandparent. I know when the old luchadors hung up his boots and he's maybe done with his matches like Ric Flair, he might take his little luchadors to a WrestleMania. Speaking of that, so C CJ, we know you lived this experience. Clayton, fill us in, what were you doing during this? Man, at this time, uh, <clears throat> I was watching it with buddies. Uh, I believe at the time I was still living in the hometown, not really, of Stone Cold Steve Austin, Victoria, Texas. You know, I was down there with buddies. You know, we were we were drinking beer, watching WrestleMania, as was the huge. Well, Goddamn, CJ, you said beer? What? Two beers? What? Go ahead, sorry. And I'm, I'm going to tell you what. <clears throat> from one professional badass your grandma that's a badass grandma that's right she's probably giving out stunners as we speak no doubt. so let's go to the matador what were you doing in 2008 matador maddy daddy i was doing nothing i was living on the streets i was begging for your change 
I was doing tricks, doing rolls, anything I could to get ahead. So were you a wrestling fan at that time? Of course I was. I will always be Rey Mysterio's biggest fan. So you're homeless, but you're watching wrestling? Don't try to confuse me, Matty Daddy. All right. I've heard of you just, I don't know if you're lying or telling the truth. Um, what was Matty Daddy doing? I was in college playing a little D3 football, two years, didn't like it. It stunk. But I had the experience of hanging out with a bunch of other guys and getting to showcase wrestling to them. So we watched WrestleMania in our uh, dorm, whatever hall, whatever they call it. But uh, yeah. I remember this vaguely 2008. I think we were all into it. So it's not a blast from a past too much. I think more of the modern day wrestling fan can kind of relate. Well, guys, we've all, we've heard the backstory. We've heard how big of a badass the luchador's grandma was. Are we ready for the show? Beyond. Oh, yeah. In the famous words of uh, my boy, Tony Loke. Let's do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, WrestleMania 24, March 30th, 2008, Orlando, Florida. The attendance, almost 75,000 people. So we're going to go through the announcers, Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler from Raw. I think that's always, you know, a good team. Michael Cole, coachman for SmackDown. Interesting. And Joey Styles and Taz from ECW. Thoughts? Man, I absolutely loved all three of these teams. Uh, and a lot of people might not have been, but I was a big Jonathan Coachman fan, whatever he did, even after he left the E and went to ESPN. You know, everything he's done, I'm a huge Coachman fan. And then you have the ECW originals on the ECW commentary. And, of course, there's nothing I can say about, about the King and JR that hasn't already been said a million times. I mean, epic especially back in 2008 they were they were still on top of their game you know what i mean oh for sure lucha what you got on these announced teams anything i hate to agree with the renegade especially in this type of situation that we have but i he's speaking all truth here um basically the dream team of announcers you could have for all three there i like the way cole and coach work together they're the weakest of the three in my opinion but still a great team nonetheless there King and uh, Jim Ross can't beat them. And then the ECW originals, even though there wasn't a lot of ECW representation there, it was nice to have that there for us. Big thing on that. I, the takeaways I've got is coachman as a, an announcer just seems kind of weird to me. I remember all those backstage segments and kind of different thing, either being Eric Bischoff's, you know, thing, or just being an announcer. And then another thing to kind of hit on, I know it's a sneak peek. We're not going to say any names, Renegade, I know you have something planned for ECW month. Can you give them any uh, spoilers, maybe an event or something just kind of to keep them, keep them on the up and up for next month? Man, I can, I can drop them a little nugget. Talk to a buddy of mine said, Hey, you know, why don't you go ahead and uh, jump on with us? You know, we'll go through this, through this uh, pay-per-view and uh, you know, we'll, we'll walk through it and we'll, we'll have a little conversation. You know, it is cyber slam. And it is 2000. And that's all I'll give them. I like it. Hey, Renegade. What's going on, Matador? I don't care about these announcers, but are you going to have Medusa on the back of that Harley for that one? Until she pisses me off. Matador wants a little, maybe come see Medusa for a little bit, you know? Get out of here, Matador, you perv. Let's keep going. Uh, 
So before we get the matches started, like I said, Lucha was there before this even starts. And he said there was a battle Royal that took place before this for a little ECW thunder. So tell us about that battle Royal a little bit. Yeah, no, it was definitely an interesting battle Royal for the setup. Cause like, it's before everyone's even there. So you get to like the access area and you get in there. So we want to get to our seats early for that. And you just start seeing people walk into the ring. No music, nothing. People are entering the ring. You see like Deuce and Domino. You see Trevor Murdoch. You see like all that kind of like lower mid-card tag teams in there. A few ECW guys, Tommy Jeremy gets in there. And then you get like the music of Snitsky. And then you <laughs> get Mark Henry and Kane and then they start announcing out of nowhere that no one saw coming this is a 24 man over the top uh, battle royal to see who's going to face Chavo for the ECW championship tonight and then just starts yeah but it's like the completely unannounced at that point in time the arenas may be like 10,000 people 15,000 people at that point because like no one expected like something like this like so something really cool to see and just like watch that unfold. So yeah, that's, that, that happened a pre-show as we watch this on the network, which is a great tool for any wrestling fan for $10 a month. You can't beat it with all the different things that they bring to you. But we see the, we see the jets fly over. It's also an open stadium. This is the first time since 1993 that they have done this, which was ballsy at the time because you have rain, you have different, things especially in april may that's when like florida is getting hit with storms oh yeah florida it could rain on half the arena and the other half be dry that's how random i grew up there so it's like it would just be the craziest mix of weather but we had beautiful weather that day no complaints whatsoever for sure just an interesting night and then a little flashback we get america the beautiful by john legend america We're all just ordinary people, people, even us wrestlers, us podcasters, fantasy football. It doesn't matter. John legend brings it home. And who is John legend's uh, wife or girlfriend? I have like a hardcore crush on her. Do y'all know her name? No, you should know her name. If you have the hardcore crush. Oh, on her. I, I remember she's on a God, the lip sync battle show. You know what I'm talking about? The like DJ girl, uh, crit Tegan. There it is. Chris, Chris, Chris Tegan. Uh, that wasn't you, Matador. That was Maddie Daddy. Arr. Maddie Daddy, I'm just glad you like women. Get out of here, dude. Gah. Annoying. Um, first match on the card. A Belfast brawl between JBL and Finley and his now son, Hornswoggle. Let's uh let's go to Clayton. This is a hardcore match. We kind of get the lead up to this that at first Hornswoggle's Vince's son, and then they just kind of cancel that out. So you get Hornswoggle with Finley. Uh JBL eventually gets the win as a heel with a clothesline from hell about eight minutes in. But I want you to kind of break down this match because it seemed like the crowd was really into it. Yeah, I, I think it started off hot. And like you said, this all stems from the illimate, illegitimate child storyline from Vince McMahon. And uh, that was that was a really weird time in wrestling because you thought you knew which way it was going to go. And then to, due to different circumstances, it went a completely different direction. So then you have him, you know, believing that Hornswoggle is his son. And of, of course, he's not happy about it. And then uh, 
you know, you have JBL beating the hell out of Hornswoggle in a cage. You know, Vince demands an apology because that is his son. And JBL says, I apologize for not doing it sooner because that's not your son. <laughs> that's Finley's oh, son. Oh, God. That's right? And everybody's much. like, oh, of course, you know. So, uh, now this match, um, the crowd started hot. And one of the things that threw me off for the first half of this pay-per-view, at least, being outside, being during the day, it didn't seem like the crowd was as hot as it is starting other, other pay-per-views. You couldn't really, you couldn't really hear or feel those pops you know, from the, from the crowd when the, when the guys would come out, but it was, a, it was a definitely a, a solid, solid hitting match by two hard hitting workers. I mean, they're stiff, they're snug. And, uh, you know, there were a couple different spots. I loved, of course, Finley diving outside into the trash can lid hit from JBL. That was, yeah, that was big a moment to see. Oh, huge moment. I mean, he hit, he dropped like a sack of potatoes, you know, no pun intended. And, uh, you know, when, uh, <laughs> I cr- kind of cracked up when uh, when JBL picked up the trash can out of nowhere and just chunked it to the outside and knocked Hornswoggle down. I mean, didn't see it coming. They barely got a good camera view of it, and it was it was hilarious to watch over. What an opener. Uh, Lucha, fill us in. No, it was totally one of the best openers. It was much better than I expected it to be because, like, the first initial um, being there, the crowd was not super into this match when they first, like, announced and everything. Because I think we're, as fans, we were so – um felt short-sighted with the illegitimate son storyline which again we found out later why and everything but i feel like it wasn't a great storyline someone's really into it but like the first few moves in that match the first they like picked that crowd up and that's the biggest thing how hot the crowd was at that point so like I, clayton saying that didn't um seem that hot because there's views or anything that sound like that it was erupting on some of those shots um personally and i didn't expect that from that match but it was a great match um nonetheless finley and JBL are two great workers that we want to see work together a lot of the time and seeing dives and seeing a hardcore style that started the night off. What more can you ask for as a fan? So we go from basically this battle Royal for ECW to this ECW style. And we see, we see the, the Hornswoggle storyline being built in this match. And then we see him just get dominated at points yeah, uh, I feel bad for hornswoggle though like this is actually a grown man having to play this part of a child for a bunch of very days, true so. very true so. so matador what was your thoughts or takeaways from this match well matty daddy i loved hornswoggle i just wanted to pick him up and cradle him like a baby but he reminds me of a max moon max moon Yes, from 98, he was such a good wrestler. He was a midget. And I remember just how big of a role midgets had in wrestling, like, throughout the years. Yeah, they did. So just uh, seeing the midgets and just thinking Hornswoggle could probably beat the Luchador easy. He probably, I don't I think you're biting off more than you chew, Matador. Is that how you say it? He taught he trust me, Lucha. Please shut him up. He is annoying. Hey, Matty Daddy, won't you suck it? All right, you're cut off, muted. So far, we've had the Belfast brawl, we've had the starter. You know who what we get now? Good opener, crowd's hot. Kim Kardashian. Give a hot crowd. What was 16-year-old 16, 16 Lucha thinking of Kim Kardashian at this point? 
so the weird thing at this one from where you're at in the stadium you didn't get a good view of this very much you could just mostly hear it because they had those little tvs around the corners out there and that was the better right. view that you had there but uh any view of kim kardashian's a good view of kim kardashian so i was pretty pretty happy about that what about you uh clayton renegade are you a fan of kardashian or are you more of a fan of her her dad mom dad or what's what's your take man i uh personally have never fed too much into the kardashians you know what i'm saying they get enough attention they get too much as it is <laughs> you know I, I i never fed into that i have to be exposed to it from time to time you know and uh not not a huge fan i mean it was kind of cool seeing her took me back i i really didn't remember that happening but uh, what i'd like to talk about is the man that she interviewed the man himself ken kennedy back in the day your boy here was a huge mr kennedy mark mr kennedy huge kennedy mark i thought that guy was going to the top the mic comes down, matches for one fall. At 248 pounds, I hail from Green Bay, Wisconsin, Mr. Kennedy. Hey, Matty Daddy, can I say Kennedy? Kennedy! No, you can't, Matador. I feel like this cousin rivalries boiling over i just don't want him on the show i think it, it's brewing it's, it shows it's like that's, that's your boy over there so uh it's like your little brother trying to tag along and do wrestling with you i don't like it meddy daddy you can suck it stop this is this is not dx matador. matador matador let's focus on the task at hand we got a luchador down there then he we need to give him a little lucha more you know what i'm saying lucha more with the matador no you told me, Renegade, that Alondra Blaze was going to be here. Well, who says she isn't? I just haven't introduced you yet. You were setting you calling me, me a liar? Setting me up for failure. All right, you're done. All right, we're going to the money in the bank. We just heard Ken Kennedy. Let's hear this loaded card. John Morrison, still relevant. Carlito, still relevant. Shelton Benjamin, still relevant. CM Punk. We still want CM Punk. Ken Kennedy, not so much. Who who would have thought at this point that it would be like this MVP and the Ayatollah of rock and roll, the La Champion, Chris Jericho, man. Money in the bank. 2008, we're what? Uh, third year in it? Is that right? Something like that? Fourth, Sounds maybe? Right. Maybe fourth. Somewhere around there. All right. Um so we can go into this match, but I just want to say, like, is money in the bank on WrestleMania card a good thing? 100%. Yeah, I think I, it's much better at WrestleMania than its own pay-per-view. I think it's nice to have that be, like, a big spectacle. And something I loved about this match, they were able to use the tag team titles, the U.S. title, and Intercontinental title without making them be defended. And, didn't, and it didn't feel forced and didn't take away from the title as well. They were able to build feuds inside of it. Interesting. Um, before, so before I was rudely interrupted by the lucha whore, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> Double trouble. Sometimes you guys agree. So I think it, it's been a lot of like heat tonight. Between Clayton, me, he's just not quick enough. That's all we're saying right now. He needs to pick his game up to keep up with the luchador. Ooh, I might not be the fastest, but I got you in the power department, buddy. Let me get my hands on you. 
He's got you in the power department, Lucha. Shut up, Matador. God, he's God. Um, so we get this match. We get some really fucking sweet spots with Morrison doing the. Is it a moonsault off the top rope with the ladder? With the baby ladder, mm-hmm. yeah, baby ladder. It popped open <laughs> on him because you know you have to have a baby ladder. I mean, that's just <laughs> if you're having a money ladder. in the bank. Um, and then of course Benjamin, dude. What about that spot? I believe it's. Isn't it Benjamin who takes that backdrop on the ladder outside? Is yeah, that correct? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I felt like I was always a Benjamin fan, and he just, you're always waiting for him to take that next step, you know? He was the gold standard. I, I think Shelton Benjamin, even when he was in like Team Angle, he was great. He's one of the most like, his biggest knock on him has been always been his mic skills. That's what um, has held him back, like, according to everyone, like, in WWE that we've heard talk about him. His in-ring ability is amazing, his athleticism. And speaking of that ladder spot, so I was legit, because something I want to bring up here. So with the fifth row seat, there's those first four rows. There's a walking gap, and the fifth row is elevated up. So I was eye level, because that's where my seat was, with that ladder spot, pretty much. So I saw that clear as day. It was crazy to watch that um, ladder spot for Sean Benjamin. So two things I see, Matty Daddy, before you get any farther, I want to tell Luchador what's up. Uh-oh, what's that? What is Matt Hardy doing here? Oh, holy shit. Ladies and gentlemen, I know you can't see this, but... My cousin's getting beat up, and I like it. Hardy and Luchador teaming up. This is your doing, Luchador? You knew you didn't have a chance, so you had to arrange this so that you might hopefully have a modicum of success against me? Is this what it come to? I just had to even the odds right here because I want you one-on-one here, Renegade. Renegade, please help me, Matador. More. Somebody get this piece of trash out of my ring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> I think Lucha did a, a work on him. This this baby face is catching steam, baby. WrestleMania month. All right, so we've seen crazy, crazy spots. We get, speaking of Matt Hardy, there it is again. We get, he's in his ring gear, he comes over, hits MVP with the twist of fate after he takes out Matador. Crowd's going crazy right now. So the you notice that Cole reminds everybody kind of the backstory of this. And in case anybody forgot, five months ago, uh, MVP took out Hardy with a knee injury, at least storyline. So it was nice to see as far as booking this kind of a good way to come back to the WWE. So we get Punk climbs the ladder for the briefcase, the win at 13 minutes. Um, these were a lot of crazy spots, a lot of crazy action. How's everybody feel about Punk the champion, Lucha? Oh, I love it. I loved everything about the match. I can, I, you coming back, it's 13 minutes. It felt so much longer in a good way. There's so many things that went down inside that match. But yeah, Punk winning was one of my favorite moments. I remember watching that as a kid and I was like, Anybody but Kennedy. God, anybody but Kennedy. <laughs> and then when Punk wins, I was stoked, going crazy there. I loved when the finish with um, Jericho up there, gets him tied up, and then Punk climbs it to finish it off. No, definitely set him up for success. 
Luchador is the ultimate baby face. You can just hear from his match breakdown. He loved it. What about you, Renegade? Man, you know, I was pulling for my man, Ken Kennedy over there, you know, wanted him to come out on top. But the thing I loved about watching this back, you look at these money in the bank ladder matches we have today. It doesn't seem as even as down the middle as this one did, because going in, if you hadn't watched it before, but you knew the story coming up to it, it kind of felt like it was anybody's ball game, you know, and that, that that's an element I think we're missing today, you know, in our current money in the bank matches. So I really enjoyed that part of it. And of course, the athleticism was great. You know, Shelton Benjamin doing what he does. And I, I wish that ladder wouldn't have crumpled when he went back, jumped on the rope, pushed the ladder and tried to springboard back onto it. Cause that was, that was oh, going to be a beautiful spot. But, he sold it so well though. Like when he messed that up, he took the bump and just like mm-hmm. went with it knowing there's a spot there, but he rolled it so well that like, oh, they, like they corrected quick. Yeah. They were on the fly on that one, but it seemed like a lot of it was like well-planned and like everyone shined. There wasn't mm-hmm. one person that like didn't have a moment or didn't like at least have something. There was an apple spit from Carlito that knocks him off the ladder, the whole MVP thing. So like, it was great. Honestly, the lion tamer on top of the ladder. Oh yeah. Throw back that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he, he's, this is the, um, the code breaker Y2J and th- mm-hmm. throwing out a lion tamer. So. Dude, uh, it was a good match, but I have a few takeaways. I, I love the money in the bank. I love it at WrestleMania. But two takeaways I didn't like. I don't like when a a face wins money in the bank. It's just so much better when a slimy heel wins. And they kind of like we saw with the Miz, what, last last week, where he cashes in his money in the bank. It just adds – it's almost like with a face. And I was a Kennedy guy here. I thought Kennedy had it. It just never worked out, man. Um, I just – that was one of those, you know – white white i'm not even getting to it. i don't know i'm gonna butcher it but the one that got away um great, great white career. buffalo the great, great white buffalo, buffalo. <laughs> should have got it but didn't so what about uh punk here nothing happens after this money in the bank match like this is kind of one of those he literally has to drop a pipe bomb to get the respect that he deserves so what are your takes as punk right now this is 2008 i don't think he hits it to like Later than that, maybe two or three years, he becomes the focal point of the WWE. But they're giving him the briefcase here. Man, for them to to give him the briefcase here, they had to have seen something. And I don't know what took so long for them to capitalize on it. Uh, you know, I, I think Punk always had it. You know, he was captivating no matter what he was doing. He he drew you in, whether you loved him, whether you, you hated him. I mean, he he captivated you. He captivated the audience. And, you know, it, it was a shame that it didn't happen for a couple more years because we, we, we could have had a couple more years of punk on top and that would have been amazing. But at the same time, you know, things happen as they should. And we, we got to see the natural evolution of it all. Just an interesting process. Well, I want to go from the money in the bank to let's make some money, honey. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. So why not make some money with Bet Steel Sportsbook? I want you to bet with confidence, get that chain, Sportsbook. 20% free play bonus on deposits, no rollover ever. DM for details, recreational gaming. That's Bet Steel Sportsbook. You can find them on Twitter at BetSteel519. You're going to win a lot. If anything, you're going to double your money. Bet with confidence, Bet Steel Sportsbook. More money, honey. So 
so now we're here the hall of fame class of 2008 led by rick flair i think uh that's kind of the telltale of this wrestlemania we haven't really touched on it rick flair man this is his night this is what this mania is about is rick flair so let's hear this class gordon soley eddie graham jack and jerry briscoe uh renegade's favorite may young you know they've had some wild nights in orlando we don't talk about the ladies (laughs) this whole time i thought it was medusa it's been fucking may young um peter maivia rocky johnson and rick flair so before we get into all these guys or we'll go brief but cj so you're at this event you see the rock introduce his dad and Peter Maivia at the Hall of Fame the night before. Aren't you expecting The Rock tonight? What the rock is cooking. Yeah, you would think that. It, I mean, it was pretty much expected, but nothing was promoted, and that's one of the things I think you promoted. And we saw more of The Rock after WrestleMania, and that's who they were building towards more so than taking away from the show. Because this was a great show that honestly didn't need that, and I think it might have taken that away the only match that really was taken away is one we'll talk about later and that's the women's match that could have been kind of a rock spot but oh my gosh okay so uh, so backstage we see todd grisham everybody remembers him as a backstage announcer um did a little commentary he's talking with snoop puff puff pass my dizzle my nizzle about this playboy bunny match and who do we get carl and or luke gallows as Festus, really? Um, I do know this was built on Of Mice of Men. That's where they everybody's read that book growing up in school. But uh Festus here, you know, he does this like blank face like he's in a coma. And of course, Santino Marala, where I get my mania for from. He comes in the thing, starts talking shit. Snoop rings the bell, Festus chases after Santino. Um, Mick Foley shows up. We know Mick Foley. He gave us a shout out on our podcast. He has to says, have a nice dizzle, my nizzle. First off, quick thoughts on Festus. Lucha. Um, not the best gimmick, as we've probably seen over time, but it was definitely an interesting one. Um, him and was it Jesse? I think with the tag team yeah. there. Yeah, they were actually in the uh, battle royal earlier on too, as well with that match, but yeah, definitely not his best thing, but he was kind of stuck with that gimmick. But Luke Gallows is a big man, and it was, he did his best that he could with it. But I think they did well when it progressed later on to um, the Straight Edge Society and really fixed right. that problem that it had. But overall, definitely, again, it's like all like the bad gimmicks that happened for a good one. You can talk but about you Kane. Got, you can talk about so many different ones. Yeah, but you got to hang out with Snoop Dogg and Mick Foley. Not the worst day, you know? I mean, yeah. You look at the WrestleMania card, and you're like, I'm Festus. Like, this shit ain't going nowhere. And then you're like, oh, I get a fucking interview with Snoop Dogg and Mick Foley. I'll take it. Fuck yeah. WrestleMania? Seriously? Let's do it. Um, any uh, Festus comments, Renegade? Man, so, <clears throat> like the Luchador said, it, it the gimmick he has now is the gimmick he should always had. You know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't the best, but back in the day, being a small town redneck myself, you know, the whole Jesse, Jesse and Festus biscuits and gravy, you know, I enjoyed oh. the gimmick. I love the way he turned on and turned off when the bell rang. I, it was original. You know, I, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't long-term, but it was entertaining while it happened. I, uh, I'm a big fan of 
Luke Gallows. If you guys oh, don't yeah. follow him on Instagram and Twitter and everything, he is funny as shit. He's a good brother. Yeah. Oh, dude, so good. So underrated. Him just, and Carl Anderson. Just a like, missed opportunity back then to give him a mic because he couldn't talk in that character, and he's a great talker. Dude, he's so good. They're both so entertaining. Speaking of entertaining... Brand supremacy with Batista. Everybody loves Batista, dude. Just shaking the ropes. The firework display, dude. He was the man. I walk alone. Dude, so badass. Um, And then we get everybody's favorite Samoan bulldozer. Umaga. Umaga representing Raw. Batista representing SmackDown. No title match. We get the intros from Teddy Long. All right, players. Tonight on WrestleMania, players, we are going to have my big dog, Batista, coming in here and winning brand supremacy for SmackDown. Holla, holla. Holla, holla, holla. All right, and we got the Renegade. Give me your best William Ringle introducing Umaga. Ladies and gentlemen, representing Monday Night Raw, the Samoan bulldozer, Umanga. Umanga, good Lord. That's right. Uh, Not just, that's not a typo. Uh, Actually, Regal, during the event, Butchers, he just called him Umanga, which I thought was disrespectful, but I get it, whatever. I'm I'm a Umaga mark. Great match. I believe CJ pointed out pre-show that this is one of the top WrestleMania matches, which kind of blew me away, but you get the spine buster. He shakes the ropes, hits the big man with the Batista bomb. Batista is your winner. Lucha, let me have it. What's your thoughts? I thought it was a good match. Um, We got to think of where we were at in 2008 in terms of that, because brand supremacy was huge. Then they promoted it on the video games. They promoted it and everything going on. It's like SmackDown versus Raw 2008, one of my favorite wrestling video games of all time, was always about Raw versus SmackDown, whether it be ratings, head-to-head, everything. There's always trades and drafts. So this meant something, even though now we don't think of it that way. But uh, I thought it was a good match, all in all, for what they had. They really worked the big man battle really well by having solid rest holds with Umaga working like a um, – not a choke, but like a nerve grab there and then working batista's back and i don't know if that was a botch powerbomb or not but it worked so that's something that i actually like elevated and i believe to bring that up again it was bleacher reports top 100 wrestlemania matches i believe it was like 75th or something like that so this this wrestlemania actually had a bunch of ones inside of bleacher reports top 100 that just shows you how good of a wrestlemania this was this is why we picked this guys we want you at the wrestling mat podcast experience greatness because as the macho man would say nobody does it better elizabeth let's go all right renegade so we see this match batista umaga final thoughts man for for this match they they did a lot by not doing a lot and one of the big takeaways for me watching this back is i did not appreciate umaga enough when he was still with us because looking back and looking at all the stuff that he could do, the way he could fly around the ring, the way he saw everything, man, he was just, he was all, all around a good worker. He was a great character. I mean, you know, and back in the day, the only thing I didn't like was, was his finish, the spike. It was always kind of weak to me. You know, he could have, he was a big man. He could have done something better. I think 
wasn't my call. I wasn't booking this shit. So, you know, it, it was a good match. Like I said, they, they did a lot by not doing a lot. And uh, yeah, when he, when he picked him up for the Batista bomb, I think he got off balance, but he, he was, had the, had the presence of mind to, to save it and go ahead and drop him. Still got the dub. Pretty cool. A uh, little side note for a story for me with Umaga. He came to the Hilton on the beach sometime the summer after this. And, uh, you know, of course I told him how big of a fan I was all that. He gave me like a three XL WrestleMania shirt. It was a black one with all of them on there. And it was just, it fit me like a nightgown, but I'm not just going to not rep. So, you know, that was another one of those moments from this mania that just kind of takes me back to just this greatness of 2008. You still went uh, to bed, Maddie? Every night, baby, cold beers on ice, me and Jimmy Hart sleeping in the same bed because we can't afford to because we're spending on beer. Cold beers on ice, Maddie Daddy in a nightgown. All right. Um, so, of course, one of the main matches – of this going on, we hear the Mayweather Big Show. Um, they they show the tail of the tape. You get Big Show weighing 441, Mayweather weighing 159. We'll get more to that or later on. All right, so we saw this battle royal earlier. Now we have set planted the seed for Chavo Guerrero versus Kane, ECW. Renegade, you're a focal point of the ECW brand. Fill us in on this match. Uh, what took place and uh, what were your thoughts? Well, uh, this match between Chavo and Kane for the ECW championship was 11 seconds long. I mean, first of all, let me go ahead and put this out there. This is the only ECW championship match in WrestleMania history. It was the only one to ever happen. And it seems like they kind of slid it in on the back end, realized they had a little bit of time, did the battle royal, get some guys some paydays, let's get Kane in there, get him over. I mean, it was quick. Kane slides in from behind. Choke slam, one, two, three. Easy money. That's an easy WrestleMania payday right there. What are your thoughts, Lucha? Were you expecting to see a little bit more of uh, Kane? Or was that I mean, enough? I mean... I mean, it's not enough, as you can probably ask Clayton's wife, but 11 seconds is the best time. But with all that, I mean, it was kind of cool to see Kane sneak into the ring, kind of like an Eddie Guerrero-esque move. But yeah, it was a shock, but made sense. Like the whole time you're like, how is Chavo gonna have a chance? Are they gonna like drag this on? But definitely, uh, yeah, 11 seconds. I believe at the time it was the quickest WrestleMania match. It might still be, but. Um, I don't, the only thing I didn't like is that it was literally the first time defending ECW championship, no ECW originals and an afterthought of a match for ECW. That's my only, uh, negative takeaway, man. Take away this. Th that is the best 11 seconds of her life each and every time. Okay? <laughs> Mark that down in the history books. Hey, sometimes 11 seconds is all you need. A good thought that I had on this was they fucking pooped all over ECW. I just felt disrespected as a, I had so much fandom for ECW coming into this. Like just when they did the whole, like they put together some badass pay-per-views and everybody knows how hardcore ECW was. I don't know if this is cause this is kind of a foreshadowing of two months from now where they quit. They changed their um, ranking. They go from, I think, it, whatever, PG-13 to PG or whatever it was. 
but that makes it where there's no blading, there's no blood, there's a whole different style of wrestling. So to me, it's just shitting on ECW day. But next month, we're not going to shit on ECW. We're going to bring you, we're going to bring you, sir, extreme championship wrestling. We're going to see the Sandman. We're going to see maybe just incredible. We're going to see RVD. We're going to get into it, baby. But uh, let's go to the main match. One of the ones we're here for, Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair retirement match. I mean, I'm almost in tears just thinking about it. We get probably the best video package in the business next. So we get Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair. Before we get talking about it, I'm going to hit you with the, the video package. This will be a little long, be about four or five minutes, but it's it's the highlight of, of the WrestleMania. Here it is. So it is my honor and my privilege to present to you the very first inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame Class 2008. And more importantly, he's my friend. The next time you lose a match, your career is over. Only one thing in the world that could make Ric Flair's career even bigger, and that would be to wrestle the man whose name is synonymous with WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels. I am not going to be known as the guy that ended Ric Flair's career. If I can't compete with the best, then I don't want my career to continue. I'm gonna give you the showstopper. I would expect nothing less. Remember the story of old Yeller? Come Sunday, the showstopper's gonna take you, old Yeller, behind the woodshed and put you out of your misery. I'm putting you out of your misery. All right, so we're back. You just saw, you know, highlights of Ric Flair's career. You see Vince McMahon telling Flair that basically the next matches he loses, he's done. And then you hear Michaels call the uh, old yeller shot. You know, I'm going to put you out of your misery, old man. Just classic line. I use it at work, whatever. Just talking shit and fantasy football, you name it. And then we get a Mike Adamley. I think I said that right. Adamley? Adamley? Adam, Adam Lee. Adam Lee. God, I'm terrible. But old sports announcer didn't have a very long run. Um, they kind of pepped him up like he was going to be something. Never just really – I think they did uh, GM for a while. Just terrible. Just didn't fit. Um, yes, Flair's game plan for tonight. So I think now's a great time for me to do a little Flair, baby. Woo! I'm having a hard time keeping these alligators down. My game plan? To be the man. Woo! All right, we're here, ladies and gentlemen. The Hall of Famer, Ric Flair. Mr. WrestleMania, the icon, the showstopper, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, Mr. WrestleMania. We have 
Michael Shawn Michaels coming out, doing his whole thing. Just such a legend. And then we get Ric Flair in this peacock blue. Just it's that perfect picture of him standing as the fireworks go off behind him. Just kind of a story. You see that same peacock suit used for uh, Charlotte Flair down the road at another WrestleMania. So it's just kind of cool to see the foreshadowing of this retirement match. But they're both out. Just such a big moment. And you see Ric Flair's family sitting ringside. You see, of course, he's got Charles Robinson, Little Nate as the ref. Little Nate, Charles Robinson is the ref on SmackDown. But because he's such a big part of Ric Flair's like career, let's bring him in for this match. So we've laid the groundwork. You know, this is pretty much Ric Flair's swan song as a wrestler. He's 59 right now. Shawn Michaels is 42. But we've seen the backstory of basically Ric Flair's, you know, this is it. The chances of him winning aren't there. But such an emotional roller coaster to see Sean hit him with that sweet chin music as he says, you know, I'm sorry. I love you. We've been posting gifts all day of this match. That's how much we're in love with it. So you see Sean hit him with that super kick after just such a, a match. One, two, three, Michaels wins. And you see Michaels goes to give him a kiss on the head post-match. But let's get into this match because this is we can't do it disservice. Lucha, you were there. What were your emotions during this match and just the flow of this match for you? Yeah, so literally I made a note while I was watching this because this is the first time I've watched back the social media since I was there. And all my memories, all my emotions in this match, I was like, this review, like this like rewatch does not do this match justice whatsoever. Because it sounds quiet in the arena at certain moments. And that that whole crowd had noise the whole time, whether it be up, down, everything throughout. But it was a beautiful match um, going through, especially with the age of these two competitors. So they had to kind of like work around that. Um, a few kind of sloppier spots with the moonsaults, like the table broke weird. I thought Sean legit broke his ribs during that <laughs> first table moonsault. And then the second time nature misses one of the um, moonsaults catches. And then he decided not to do any more moonsaults the rest of the match. Dude, <laughs> HBK hits his knee hard. Now yeah. I'm like, okay, I see the knee problems now. You kind of see that with uh, Ray Mysterio on a previous pod we talked about where you just see his knee getting worked at like 21. This is 42-year-old Shawn Michaels. Just, I mean, you can tell Ric Flair's 59 in this match. Yeah, but there's still some great ring psychology in there, and they really bring out the emotions. Like, one of the first times Sean sets up with the sweet chin music, he pulls it back, and then immediately Rick goes oh. right into the figure four right there, like, knowing he's not holding back. That was, like, the turning right. point of the match for Shawn Michaels because he was, like, working, working, and he's like, oh, I have to finish this, and then, no, I can't. And then Flair's like, no, you will, like, work this whole time. And it was kind of cool to see that transgression as well. And then you start seeing the old Flair with, like, the low blow – the yeah. chop block, the I don't know your nowhere switch in music. Um, Dude, and then, he uh, flares doing his strut and walks, yeah. turns around, just gets fucking lit up. Yeah. And then, of course, like we talked about, the the finish there and like the camera zooms in. But like I said, my view, I could see, I could literally see his mouth move. So I saw it firsthand. It was just one of the most emotional moments there. And like the arena, like people were crying. Like I cried. It was just such an um, insane moment there. But yeah, great match told a great story. 
one of the best matches I could ever see in person. Renegade, before we get there, uh, this makes me think of a song. I cry, you cry, we cry together. That's it. Thanks, Ja Rule. Appreciate that. Renegade, dude, you saw reversals of figure fours. You saw Sweet Chin Musics. You saw, you know, Flair doing high-risk moves. Crossbody, I think it was. Off the top rope. You just saw just such a picture painted so perfectly of Ric Flair, the dirtiest player in the game, the 16-time champ, and Mr. WrestleMania. Give me your emotional roller coaster and your takeaways. That's that's what I saw in this match was emotion. You know, there were there were talks that you know <clears throat> before the match, HBK had told Flair, you know, shut up and, and let me let me call it, and he did. I mean, there are times in the match the mics were close enough where you could hear him call reverse Irish whip, and, and Flair says, "Yep," and then they go for it. You know what I'm saying? So Sean and he, he came out in the interview, I think, ten years later, and said they did that because he wanted to he wanted to paint this picture of appreciation that he had for Ric Flair. And he, you know, he kind of wanted to guide this and and basically he wanted to give Flair his swan song and what he what he thought he deserved. There was there was one time that it was I think it's the last time in the match. Matter of fact, I know it is the last time in the match that Flair actually slaps on the figure four on Shawn Michaels. For a few seconds there, the camera zooms to him and, and his face is just calm and it's it's almost contemplative. Like he knows this is the last time, you know, that he's gonna apply the figure four that this is it. This is the last time he's putting that move on. And yeah, it was, it was pure raw emotion. It was a beautiful match. I mean, if, if, if this match was a work of art, it would be the Mona Lisa, you know, it just, Oh, perfect. I, I haven't seen anything to top it. And I, I don't know that I ever will in my lifetime, but yeah, it was, it was perfect. It was beautiful. And it was, it was heartfelt. So uh, some things I noticed about, this whole process was Ric Flair, man. Like what a story from a broken back to these, what, like 300 Hindu squats a day he would do after partying in a limo every fucking night, just, just a beast, but also just the, the obstacles he's overcame, like from 91, you know, you have Jim Hurd shitting on you. You have Eric Bischoff shitting on you. You have Dave Meltzer in like 91 says he's in his prime. Like, oh, he should, he's washed up. And here it is, you know, 2008 and he's still got it. 59 years old and he can out wrestle, out talk everybody. Yeah. But, 59. He was doing stuff that, that guys in their prime today can't do. Um, Dude, I, I'm speechless. There's no, I don't really want to go into the match. You guys covered it. It's perfect. I, this was, should have had its own breakdown. It's that good. We'll probably do its own breakdown eventually, but this is, this is the Mecca of a WrestleMania moment, the retirement, the, the serenade of just everything around it and how it ended with the, I'm sorry. I love you. Just great storytelling for wrestling. So one more, one more side note on this match, you know, after the match, when Flair goes out and hugs his family, yeah, that, that that daughter is Ashley. She looks like she could be a star, huh? Dude, and have you noticed? I think Ric Flair's probably got to take the cake for the best crier in wrestling as well. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, and then Charlotte Flair ringside. She's watching this like, 
if this doesn't, I know she's a wrestling fan before this, but if this doesn't hook you, like it hooked the luchador, like it hooked us, I mean, look what she becomes. So we've, we've experienced the craziness of this great match. So, you know what? That cuts into a backstage segment. We've seen Charlotte. It was so cool. It was so cool. Like, I'm kind of in tears, but it was a good match. Um, we get Grisham again. He's talking with the heel world heavyweight He's champion, Gino. Edge. He's talking about Hogan at WrestleMania 6, how he grew up, but that's when his innocence was lost. He says to roll, he's going to beat Undertaker's ass. He's going to crush kids' spirits, and he's going to beat the dead man. And he's pumped, dude. This is a heel edge. Like, this is, I believe this was after the live sex angle, things like that with Lita, right? So, Edge, real quick before we keep going, do you prefer Edge as a heel or a face, CJ? I think he plays a much better heel. Not that he doesn't play a great face, but I think the way he works the character, the way he's the ultimate opportunist, he just has that role really well done that I think he does his best work as a heel, but he's hard not to cheer for even as a heel. Just talking shit to talking about crushing kids' spirits against The Undertaker. Like, that's just, you know, next-level shit. What about you, Renegade? Oh, 100% heel. I mean, most of the best work out there by the best workers are healed. You know what I'm saying? Not, not faces like this luchador over here. It's easy to play a heel. That's all I'm saying. It's easy to hide behind a hood too, son. Oh, I'm feeling the beef. There's a lot of beef in the room and it's not mama's beef stew. This is real life tension guys. You can cut it with a knife, Um, but let's get back to it. Puff, puff pass. We're hanging with the Snoop Dizzle, my nizzle. Snoop Dogg, man, masters of ceremonies. Wait, if I'm getting to smoke a blunt and have one of these, I'm hanging with the big Snoop Dizzle. Snoop Dogg, man, masters of ceremonies, Playboy Bunny lumberjack match. CJ, 16-year-old Playboy Bunny match. How hyped are you? You went to the bathroom, you're so hyped. Yeah, I totally needed to take a bathroom run during that one. Interesting. Nice play with words there. We get Maria and Ashley um, versus Beth Phoenix and Melina. I believe, is it Ashley's the WWE champion at the time? And I don't think she's with us anymore. Um, anyways, Snoop, some master's ceremonies. Let's uh, run through these divas real quick. The Lumberjills, all dressed in their finest uh, prom attire. Who's going to prom? Who's hot? Who's not? Mean girl style. We get Mars, Marcy, Maurice. Is that what it says? Maurice. Terrible names. Why do I butcher everybody's name? We're here for you, brother. It's Maurice. I can, Maurice. It's that speech impediment. Maybe it's the gold dust Tourette's. Ah, 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 ah. Got shocked by fucking electricity by Triple H. <sighs> Anyways, uh, Michelle McCool, not messing with her, not hitting on her. Cherry, is that was she with Deuce and Domino? Deuce and Domino. Yeah, Deuce, yeah. And Domino. What the, <laughs> Deuce and Domino, short lived. Eve Torres, Victoria, everybody knows Victoria, mm-hmm. uh, Mickey James, Jillian Hall. We saw her at the Rumble. Katie Lee Burchill, that was kind of a weird one. Kelly Kelly and Layla. Any takeaways on these lumberjills? 
man, during the entrance, I'll tell you what I was, I was looking and I said, who is that? Cause on the, on the left row, third in the back. I mean, this chick is just getting down the whole way down. I mean, she's getting into it. She's grinding on the girl behind her. I said, who is that gets closer to the ring and it's Victoria with short hair. And I mean, she is just yeah. into it a hundred percent. Dude. Uh, so from these hot lumberjills to CJ, you were there, you had this experience. Um, you're at WrestleMania. This is a, this is what we call a time to take a, potty break but not only was this a potty break phil we had a little power outage fill us in on all this and just your experience because i think it's funny as hell yeah um so after the flare match of course it's like it's impossible to do anything after that like the crowds kind of had all their emotions going into it so they kind of picked the right time to put this match in and that was the perfect time for me to run to the bathroom because I really had to go. So the lines are long, of course, and I'm um, pretty far, I have to go pretty far back into it. But when the power outage happened, I'm like leaving the restroom. And I thought it was like a quick squash match and Taker was coming out because the whole lights turn blue and it's all dark in there. So I'm sprinting back from the bathroom as fast as I can, thinking that like I'm missing the Undertaker's entrance. And my grandma's like, what happened? And she's like, confused why the lights went out. And then it's still the match going on at hand. And I'm just like, why did I run to see the end of this? Just some weird moments uh, during this WrestleMania. We'll talk about the fireworks later. But even me as like, I remember renting this pay-per-view and seeing that firework or not firework, the uh, power outage. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And it affected the uh, live, like the pay-per-view live. It didn't look right. Um, so we get, of course, Santino's involved messing with Maria uh, kind of backstory to that he was maria's boyfriend and maria's posing in playboy which he's upset about whatever um so he's trying to help you know beth phoenix and melina win so of course the way this match ends is beth finished off maria with this fisherman suplex for the win at six minutes post-match santino's taunting maria snoop knocks him down with the plows clothesline draws this big pop it's snoop dizzle baby and then snoop goes on to uh, proceeds to make on with make out with the Mar maria excuse me the most awkward makeout session ever but it was a good clothesline at least dude and snoop dog dude how can you not love snoop dog he was like dude i remember getting the cds i remember jamming to you know the chronic all that stuff snoop dog's just I like when they add like a Snoop Dogg, a Shaquille O'Neal, something like that. Mayweather. Yeah. It's just a cool little little touch. But now we're getting the video package for the one of the main events. We got a triple threat match between Orton, Triple H, Cena. You got Orton as your champ. Triple H wins the Elimination Chamber coming off a quad injury. You got Cena winning the Royal Rumble, which was a big pop. And believe it or not, throughout this whole match, you'll see that fans are on John Cena's side, which isn't a, that's almost like a rare occasion. So you have Cena coming off a peck injury. He's a surprise entrant at the uh, Royal Rumble, wins it. Just crazy stuff. So that sets the, uh, sets the tone for a triple threat. Cena's out first, marching band playing his theme song. It sounds like they were, like a British marching band at first, which is kind of weird to me, but still cool. Like I said, I'm not, all I've seen as entrances are badass. Um, 
So we have this triple threat here. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of this match just because I'm not a triple threat guy. I like the one-on-one or the tag team moves. I don't like only triple threat match. I can remember that I was a big fan of was the Benoit Shawn Michaels triple H match. So maybe I just set the bar too high watching WrestleMania 20 the week before. Um, but this triple threat match, you get uh, Orton hitting, doing the pun on Henner, getting the cover on Cena for a three count at 15 minutes in. So let's go to you, Renegade. What were your thoughts of this triple threat? You know, it for what it was, I mean, you have a young Orton here. I mean, he's still got burning my light as his theme song as the champion. You know what I'm saying? Just young just there was one point in the match jr said the strange thing about orton he's still so goddamn young that his best days are still to come and he was 100 percent right because i mean from there he's just gone up you know orton's stock has just risen and this match there was a lot of there was a lot of cena hate it, and i didn't get that at first but then once the match got going you you could tell i mean their shirts in the front row we hate cena you know, he starts to get booed. And mind you, like I said, before this match, really, you couldn't hear a lot of crowd. But in this match, they they made their voice heard. And you have the, you have the typical high voices, you know, kids and the women, you know, you know, let's go Cena. And then the bassy voice, Cena sucks. And I'm not going to lie and say I wasn't a part of that. I wasn't a big fan at this time because I was still holding on to the to the freestyle rapper, John Cena. And I felt like this Cena, there was an oversaturation. And I, a lot of people did. And looking back, I mean, yeah, he's one of the best of all time. We have to give it to him. There's there's no holding back. But as far as this match goes, I mean, you know, with Cena being such a divisive and, and polarizing figure, and then you have Triple H making his return as well. And in the end, Orton comes out on top. I mean, I I just I thought it was a I thought it was a pretty good match. It wasn't it wasn't earth shattering, but it was it was good. Interesting. Lucha? It almost felt like a Triple H versus Cena match that Orton was kind of there for. And he was the champion of the match. That's what I was kind of watching out because he was the one getting worked over on all the submission moves. He was the one taking the leg shots. He was the one. So, like, Orton was getting worked over and everything. He kept putting the STFU. Um, Triple H pulls out an Indian death lock on Orton. All these crazy things. And then he just gets taken out for a while. And we see the Cena spots on Triple H. Triple H hits the pedigree on Cena and then you get Orton coming back in for the punt one, two, three win on that one. So I think it was more of overbooking there and, and Orton came in afterthought. Cause even like they had like an AT&T poll of who you think's going to win right before the match. And it was like 52%, um, 8% Randy Orton. Yep. That was the biggest thing to take away that one. Yeah. So 8% that the fans thought it was going to be Randy Orton. It was 52% Cena, 40% triple H and 8% Orton. Um, a little fun fact about this one, uh, you know, they used the bask in the light for Orton in this going on. He yeah. hated that, uh, Andrew's music so much that Rev Theory, who was one of the bands with lighted up for this pay-per-view made voices for Orton after wow. they met together for that. So the wrench music here now is because of WrestleMania 24. Isn't that crazy? So. 2008, like, and Orton's still relevant. Like he's on the top of his game. And he's just kind of getting to the top there. Um, I want to go into my takeaways because I don't have a lot to say about this match. I was disappointed. I'll be honest. I wanted to see Orton versus Cena right here. I didn't want to see Triple H. But I would have also liked to see Triple H versus Cena 
kind of a, a rewind from the Chicago WrestleMania with Triple H Cena. So here's my fantasy booking. Ric Flair enters the Royal Rumble at number one. Because Vince McMahon's like, hey, if I put him at number one, he's going to lose. He wins the Royal Rumble. He gets a title shot against Randy Orton. You give Randy Orton the rub because he retires Ric Flair because he's the legend killer. So then you have Triple H versus Cena. You figure out something to do with Shawn Michaels because it doesn't really matter who he fights. He's going to make the match. So then you, to me, that's just my fantasy booking. I would have liked to see the legend killer, Randy Orton. I can't, I can't throw shame because Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair match, like we said, so fucking good. But to me, just something else I would have liked to see. I didn't, I was, to me, I was very let down with this match. Um, let's go to the next one, guys. Like we said, we still see Orton. We still, we've had a lot of Cena and we've had a lot of Triple H, but we know Orton's on top. I'm interested to see the storyline with The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, all that. But let's get to the video package with Big Show. One of the biggest things to go around this time was Big Show Mayweather. This is what this pay-per-view was centered on as much as the HBK Ric Flair match was this so-called $20 million deal that Mayweather signed um, to sign with WWE for a match. And you see the no way out where Big Show's, I guess, the confrontation on the front row. He puts his hand behind his back, and Big Show or Mayweather literally breaks fucking Big Show's nose. No fucking joke. Like, are you going to mess with a guy who's undefeated in boxing? Not my uh, not my cup of tea, but you see this this matchup. You see Big Show going after the the fifty seven bodyguards, all that stuff. But you see, you leave no way out with Big Show with this bloody nose. You see these precursors. You see Mayweather training. You know what you see Big Show doing? Reading a book. He's like Mayweather doesn't stand a chance. I'm the largest man in the world. So this is the biggest versus the best. Mayweather versus Big Show. So we get the entourage. We get the entrance, the excitement. Um, great promo leading up to the match. Little known story, Mayweather trained with Triple H for this match. So that's what helped got him here. So we see... Mayweather get the knockout. What was your takeaway from this celebrity match? We all knew Mayweather was going over, but as far as Mayweather from a wrestling standpoint and just from entertainment, let's go with you first, CJ. No, I thought it was, um, it was good. I still think it was longer than it needed to be for that one. One cool thing about that entrance I want to talk about is um, that it wasn't actual money of course, because of course it wasn't, but it was like Mayweather bucks and I still have them. At what? my home back in Florida, yeah, they're, they Damn. went to the crowd too. So it's, it's like it's a like a hundred, it's like a one million dollar bill of Floyd Mayweather's Dude. face on there. So that's a little. Um, they can we get a picture of that for the? I'll, have, I'll see if I can get my Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I'll try to get that for my grandma because uh, that's back in Florida. But I know it's I know she can find it for me. So I'll see what we can do, do it, dude. On that one, yeah. But we need to like, see all your memorabilia from WrestleMania. We just did this show. We deserve to see WrestleMania twenty four memorabilia. Anything you can find. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll give her a call there, and we'll go forward that. But I want to bring that up a little bit with that. But yeah, those it was a good match. Uh, Mayweather 
took more than I thought it was going to do. He took a chop to the chest. He took a couple bumps. Um, and then eventually we saw some like gnarly chair shots from yeah. Floyd. Like, uh, most funny, my girlfriend was watching it with me next to me, and she's just like reacting to those chair shots because she like came in and just like watched this match with me when we were watching it back. And she's like, oh my God, it's denting the chair. And I'm like, yeah, that's what it was back then. We didn't think CT or knew what CT was then. <laughs> But those uh, chair shots were brutal. And then um, makes the brass knucks, knockout punch, and then a 10 count to finish it off. So all in all, I think it was a little bit longer than it needed to be from like sitting in the audience, um, in all honesty, because you couldn't see a lot. And I guarantee people with even worse season probably couldn't see much, but it was entertaining. Lucha, I think uh, the Matadors got CT. That's the only thing I can figure out that's wrong with them. He's just a little bit off his rocker. I'm glad he's not here. I'm going to be honest. Whatever you did, thank you. Renegade, I'm sorry. This triple threat matches the singles, but I think you guys are carrying the load. So far, a five-star match. So speaking of just such an interesting match, any takeaways from the celebrity versus this big mother trucker in the big show, Renegade? Oh, <laughs> I got a hot take for you, Matty Daddy. Give it to me. <clears throat> Your boy, R.C. Renegade, he understands that while some people might not like the celebrities being brought in, it's what's best for business. It brings eyes to the business that we all love and adore. And this, this was no different. This brought boxing fans, Mayweather fans, in to watch this match. And watching it back, it was so much better than I originally remember. You know what? I, I, I don't, I remember not liking it the first go round. And when I watched it back, you realize how much Mayweather actually bumps around for big show, you know, how much, you know, he takes the chop, you know, he gets slammed. He wasn't, he didn't have to do all that. You know, this is Floyd money Mayweather, you know what I'm saying? He didn't have to do all that. He could have said no. And they'd have, they'd have worked around it, but no, he, he agreed to it. He trained with triple H and and for what it was, I mean, he he might have been outdone by Shaq this week, this past week, but uh yeah, it was it was really good for what it was. I enjoyed watching it. Another interesting Renegade. takeaway with this one, um, that I kind of want to jump in on this one, that Big Show trained to get his nose broken, actually, like pre that wow. early out spot. That was something that was interesting. So like he trained in boxing on the proper punch to break the nose without it actually like, causing long-term damage. So that spot was planned months in advance beforehand so that's kind of a little backstory on the no way out spot that's dedication right there all right wrestling mat fans we are here the main event you have the rated r superstar the world heavyweight champion edge versus oh yes dead man the undertaker we get those entrances man you see what the undertaker this was weird seeing undertaker come out first i thought that was like <laughs> right off the bat i was like what what's going on because you're used to seeing the fear in the eyes of the opponent um so we get undertaker out first undertaker's the undertaker enough said like at this moment he's 15 and 0 at wrestlemania so great storytelling, but Edge is a real threat to me. He's got the Edgeaholics. He's got Kurt Hopkins, uh, Zack Ryder. Yeah, Zack Ryder. Woo, woo, woo. We know it. 
Um, but we get Edge and we get that standstill that I think we still see today of him raising his arms up, the fireworks going off behind him. That's another one of those that has lasted through through time. So we're here. Edge versus Undertaker. Lucha, this is a WrestleMania that is near and dear to your heart. You have made it to the main event of WrestleMania. Explain to me your emotions from a 16-year-old kid to now. Yeah, it's it's almost bittersweet at this point because you know it's the last match on the card. You've gone through so many um, emotions throughout the whole night. You're not ready for it to be over. But what a great ending that you could have, Edge versus The Undertaker for the World Heavyweight Championship. You really can't ask for anything more than that. We're seeing all the spots that we have. It's a really good um, early opening of the match where it's just reversal, 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 back and forth on that one. And then we start seeing some Edge's old finisher. We see the DDT the submission holds going back and we see some old school reversals on um, the edges doing. So we, they really make them up to be a big threat there. They even talk about a commentary, how usually it goes from into a big boot and edge reverses directly into that one last ride in a neck breaker. So it's a really good job. One of the cool things was when the ref gets knocked out, we see edge really play the heel, grab the camera, hit, knock him out. But then taker sits up, taker hits him with a um, believe tombstone. You see, from my angle, again, I'm right next to the, the hard camera is two rows behind me. You think it's over? Like something's going to happen to me, one, two, three, from my angle. But you see, was it Charles Robinson running that long, long run, and it feels like an eternity, and you see one, two, edge kicks out. No. Oh. Place erupts in, like, shock. So good. And everything, because you – and then you start seeing the wonky stuff with like Hawkins and Ryder come out. Taker gets the choke slam, um, throws, I don't know which one it was, Hawkins or Ryder into the other one, takes a spear, kicks out of the spear, second spear, Edge sits up by about the pin, Hell's Gate. One thing I didn't like is that Edge tapped. I would love to see a pass out finish personally. Yeah. Would, oh, yeah. That would help the storyline later on. But I mean, I'm nitpicking if I'm saying I would rather right. see a pass out than a tap out, but it was a great match. Um, before we get to the renegade, I want to hit up a couple of mine, dude. Like this was Taker's first win against Edge, so there was like you saw the, as a uh, Razor Ramon would say, the machismo, man. You saw Edge with that swagger, like he was confident in himself, and they played off that. Um, another thing, Undertaker's athletic in two thousand eight. You see the height on those choke slam he's given. You see him jumping over the top rope. Like I was like, damn, dude, I missed this taker. Um, I didn't see any flash photography. But uh yeah, dude, I love this match. Renegade, what do you thought? You saved the best for last. You need to finish strong, and that's a good call there, Maddie Daddy. Let me tell you. Oh, yeah, dig it. I like it, Renegade. Feed us, baby. Well, brother, let me tell you. When I'm looking at this match, when I'm looking at the buildup, the entrance that the luchador brought up, you know, I'm sure, sure it was sheer luck, but the, the, the way it was built, the entrance, everything made Edge feel like a legitimate threat to the streak. And that was not something that I had worried about for the past, I don't know how many years. Every year you kind of knew Taker was going to come out, he was going to win, and the streak was going to keep going. This was the first year that I looked at it and went 15 is a good, even number. Maybe they end it here. 
Edge is strong. He's the champion. I mean, it, it really, it really had that aura. And, and the way, the way the match went along, you kind of, you kind of wondered, is this it? Is this the match? I mean, it, it was, it was right there in the back of my mind. I, I know what happens. You know, I, I know that the Undertaker wins, but still, it made me feel like Edge. He was a legitimate threat, and I, I love the way they played this match. You know, not trying to attack you too hard there dollar store luchador but i think they need to save the pass out finishes for the faces edge is a heel he needs to tap you know that, that's just the way it needs to go and i loved i loved before little nature came sprinting out like you said when when jimmy corderas got knocked down and edge went to grab him after the camera hit and accidentally knocks him out of the ring i thought that was brilliantly brilliantly done and no, I, I I have nothing bad to say about this match. You get you get the Edgeheads, you get Ryder, you get Hawkins. Boom, Ryder choke slammed onto Hawkins, and that's the only spot they're involved. And it was that's it was enough all though. All, that that's all you need. That's all you need. Yeah. You need to they come out and worry that oh my god, is this it? Are they gonna they gonna win it for Edge? And no, they're not. But no, I I, I absolutely love this match. To counterpoint the, key- the one thing that I want to bring up really quick with the pass out the pass out I wanted to see. It's mostly because of what happened next over the next few pay-per-views with Backlash and stripping the Undertaker of the title after he wins again at Backlash right. there to say protecting other wrestlers. Uh, Vicky Guerrero strips Undertaker and says Hell's Gate is banned. That's the only reason I think that it might have been there. And it looked like at the end of the match, uh, he was either legit bleeding, but I think it was like a blood cap or something like that because it was like a little bit of blood in his mouth, but maybe he just took a shot, something, but... Uh, that's the reason I think that would have just elevated a future story if they were doing more long-term, but I understand where Clayton is coming from because I can see his side of it, but I'm just saying if they were looking at it in that lens, knowing what I know now, what happens in the next few pay-per-views in the next few weeks, that would have been an interesting add-on to the story. I'm not saying you're right, but that doesn't not make sense. You know what I mean? I think my big takeaways are Edge's wrestling at WrestleMania coming off a Royal Rumble win this year. This is 2021. We're looking at 2008. Holy shit. Not only that, but in 2008, Undertaker's 16-0 at WrestleMania. Matty Daddy. Matty Daddy. Matador? Tell Lucha, I'm sorry. All right, Matador, it's weird. Matador, I really appreciate your apology. I understand now from what Matty Dye has been telling me is going on with your CTE. So I decided out of goodwill and good faith, I'm going to get you a ticket in the nosebleeds. It's all I can afford right now. But it's it's my gesture to you for WrestleMania 24 to experience this with me. Luchador, I would rather sit with your grandma because I am a guilt hunter. But I have no problem sitting in the nosebleeds. It seems perfect. I get to experience the fireworks show. Lay it on me, Lucha. All right. So as Matador makes his way to the top of the the thing, we've just witnessed the Undertaker get another win. Um, This is a big moment for the Undertaker's streak. It was weird. Like you said, I wouldn't have wanted to see edge tap out, but I mean, I can't critique this match. It was perfect 
from a 2021 standpoint, it's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see the undertaker. I wanted to see this heel edge cause we're getting the baby face now. Um, but what's this as I, the show's going off. I see there's a little bit of uh, firework problems. Um, Lucha set me up. Ah, ah, ah. All right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on up there. Uh, Lucha, fill us in on this 2008 uh, WrestleMania. Excuse me. Um, what's going on in the nosebleeds to the Matador? I, I mean, I'm not completely sure. I, I think this is something that... Uh... Is this something you hey. did, Renegade? How dare you accuse me of such malicious intent? Dude, Lucha, who... this might be your grandma's doing. Talk to your grandma. What's up? Get us some feedback. Whatever it is, I don't think we're going to miss the guy too much, huh? Yeah, preach. <laughs> I think we all got our matador fixed for a while. I got a sneaking suspicion he's going to pop his head up again at some point, though. I hope not. Is this the end? So what's, Find out what's up, Lucha? Fill us in. What did your grandma just tell you that happened in the nosebleeds? We saw the fireworks go off. They're blue, but we can't really what, see what happened up there. We see Lucha's laying on the ground. What's going on? Again, she only told me bits and pieces on what happened up there, but it seemed like a bigger, a big deal with um, some misconduct with the fireworks and a cable attacking seemed to be the luchador and the nosebleeds there. So, so suspicious. I, Maybe grandma's up to something. Maybe grandma's, is this a heel turn for grandma? Who knows? Guys, grandma's done her job. She put the matador out of his misery. And now we're here. The match is over. The WrestleMania, we've experienced 2008. We've experienced 24. Lucha, you were there. I'm going to go to Renegade first. Match of the night. Hit me with it. Yeah, for me, 100%. It was it was the, in, the main event between Undertaker and Edge. I mean, I, I, I know you're going to say what? You're not not Flair, not HBK, and, and that was that was right there for me. But at, at the same time, I just I thought it was it was such a good match, and it, just a good way to end the show. I can't hate on you, Renegade, dude. Like this to me, this WrestleMania, this is why we reviewed this. This was a good fucking card. You could say multiple matches were good. So I'm not hating on the Edge Undertaker. That to me was a show stealer. So let's go to you, Lucha. You you were there then, and you've watched it now. Did your opinion of the best match on the card change at all? Slightly, I would say that. But to pick the Edge Undertaker, it's, it's a decent pick. But I think he's been drinking too many of those Trulies. He's been popping behind the scenes there oh. to think that was the best of the call there. I thought it was to watch my Lucha. I got to watch my calories. It, that was a good match, but nothing beats being there for the Flair HBK match watching it back and not having that feeling and not having the right, the same sound, it did take away a little bit. I love the money in the bank too. So like watching it and the excitement of that one, that was my favorite um, of in ring ability was the money in the bank, watching it back, but nothing can take away the feeling, the emotion of that arena for the flair versus HBK match. 100% agreed. Uh, 
it was the same as it is now as flair hbk and i think it even adds to it now with the charlotte aspect like i said earlier the peacock outfit that flair won when he retired she wears at a uh, previous wrestlemania as well so to me it just hand in hand it would just stole the show to me it was what this pay-per-view and this mania was about so we finished up let's give it a rating real quick let's go with you first renegade one to ten i i'm gonna give this show a nine out of ten i mean i think it was almost perfection there were a couple couple low points and i i really can't nitpick, nitpick too much but uh yeah it was it was up there for me all right lucha what you got here baby watching it back nine out of ten Thinking back on when I was there, 9.5 out of 10 because I took a pee break during the women's match. And it scared the shit out of you because you thought you were missing the Undertaker match. So 9.5 is probably right. I would have paid to see you just piss it all over yourself and whoever was next to you to get back for that Undertaker match. I was pushing some people out of the way. Get out of my way. Um, Such a great story telling from this pay-per-view. Um, I got to see just a blast from the past, a bunch of wrestlers I loved. I'm going to go a little higher. I like 9.5, and I did not expect that coming into this, but even the women's match with Snoop Dogg from Mayweather and the Big Show, they used it perfectly. They told a story, and if my biggest problem is a triple threat match main event, there's something wrong. You know, if if you're complaining about Triple H, Randy Orton, and John Cena, then obviously you're having a bad day at the office. So we've experienced this WrestleMania. We have so many more on the forefront. Next week, we're hitting up. We're going to get some diamond stud. Everybody knows him. He turned heel last week against Lucha. But we're getting a little Hogan rock. That's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be fun to see these guys WrestleMania moments. Let's get out of here. It's been a long night. Renegade, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Burner of Stone. Burner of Stone. That's right. Don't get stoned. Just follow Clayton at Burner of Stone. He's got the faces of fantasy. He has just hit 600 followers. He deserves 6,000. This guy is a stud. He's putting in the work. He's all about ECW month and he's all about the brand. So he is worth the follow and he's worth the story. He's going to tell you Lucha, you kicked ass. You got rid of my annoying ass cousin. I think you won this WrestleMania. If it wasn't for your grandma turning heel, you probably would have had this one. But the, the tag team of your grandma and the luchador that makes all of us want more can't be stopped. I'm interested to see how this WrestleMania month finishes. So where can they find you if they want more of the luchador? Yeah, you can always find me on Twitter at KidFlashFF. That's where I post all of my wrestling talk. That's where I also talk about fantasy football. I also host a couple podcasts out there. The one I'm promoting the most about i would say is at the dynasty duo ff if you do some dynasty fantasy football want some takes there but as always you can find me here at wrestling mat one the luchador that makes you want more not only does he make you want more the luchador but the dynasty duo has something uh-huh. dynasty duo those drops that information i'm not sure about uh Carp talking about chase edmonds about the macho man 
All right. We'll talk about that another time. Corpse in my back corner. Yeah. And I'm the Maddie Daddy. Maddie Daddy 2652. I'm going to get my shit in. Fantasy Affair. Hot by Happy Hour. At FF Affair. At Maddie Daddy 2652. At Wrestling Matt 1. Give us a follow. Mm -hmm. Leave a review. Speak to us. We're here for you. And as always, keep dreaming, creaming, and screaming. Because nobody does it better. Wrestling Man Podcast. Step from the road to the sea to the sky. And I do believe that we rely on when I lay it on. Come get to play it on all my life to sacrifice. Hey, oh, listen what I say, oh, I got your hey, oh, now listen what I say, oh, oh. when will I know that I really can go to the well one small time to decide on, when it's killing me, when will I really see all that I need to look inside, come to believe that I better not leave it. When it's killing me, what do I really need? All that I need to look inside. Hey.